0: Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast with your host, Scott Bisbee. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Bisbee. Welcome to Ops Fitness Podcast. I got a a really good uh, guest with me today, and that's uh, Thomas Finch. Thomas, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Scott. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well. How's the weather over in uh, uh, Seattle, is it, or uh, Oregon? I live in Oregon.
1: I live in central Oregon, uh, just north of uh, a city called Bend, Oregon, in a place called Redmond, Oregon.
0: Oh, really? I actually uh, heard of Bend. Uh, There's a beautiful uh, spot I want to take my uh, wife. It's, uh, It's like a hotel. I forget what it's called, but it looks amazing.
1: It is. It's a great place to live. It's. Uh, it's beautiful here. It's cold, but uh, no snow yet, except for in the mountains. But other than that, it's. It's great.
0: Right on. Uh, probably uh, not as cold as uh, Alberta cold. You can't. Uh, you can't beat that. <laughs>
1: No, it's not that cold, but cold enough for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, how long have you been a police officer for? Uh, What did you do before that? And uh, what made you open up your gym?
1: Well, uh, currently I'm retired. I've been retired since 2007. Uh, I spent 17 years in law enforcement. A year was spent in uh, probation, a year was spent in corrections, and then I spent 15 years as a patrol officer retiring at the rank of sergeant. Um, a lot of my work with the police department um, was in training uh, in developing the policies and procedures for the agency, as well as um, I was an academy as instructor in charge of all physical skills, um, for about 14 of those years. So uh, that's a little bit about my law enforcement background. I still actively work as a trainer uh, with a company based out of uh, Washington State. And we travel and train law enforcement, military, and skilled domains like combatives and firearms and tactics. And then when I retired, uh, I had actually been to Central Oregon uh, in 2000. And when I retired, uh, my wife decided that it was good for a change. So we we moved out to Central Oregon. And fitness has always been a part of my life. And so it seemed just kind of a natural fit. When I came here, I worked at a gym as a personal trainer. I was the personal training manager for a while at a large commercial gym. And then we opened uh, our facility in 2008. So we've been doing that pretty Uh, consistently since about 2008
0: oh wow awesome i uh opened up my uh facility in uh, 2011 it's amazing how fast time flies
1: yeah it's gone very very fast very fast
0: yeah um so uh do you have a martial arts background uh with uh because you do some uh combative training how did you get into that
1: i do um I uh, have my, my black belt. I have a, I have a black belt oh, in awesome. a Ch- Chinese form of martial arts called Kun Tao. Okay. If, you're not, if you're not super familiar with um, some of the more eclectic arts, it would be very similar to Salat. So, okay. so it looks a lot like Salat in practice. Um, I did a lot of Western boxing. I spent about 10 years doing Western boxing uh, spent about five years doing jujitsu and JKD wow. concepts. So, um, so that's some of my combatives, um, background. And, uh, when I graduated from the police Academy, my, the, the position that I ultimately held was actually held by, um, the instructor before me and, and on my exit interview from the Academy, uh, he thought, uh, That I would make a good addition to the academy staff. So he recommended me for uh, academy instruction uh, when I graduated. And then about six months later, uh, I got a call from the director and I actually took over his spot as the uh, physical skills instructor for the police academy.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Uh, you're somebody I don't want to mess with.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I try to be pretty mellow most of the time, Scott.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. I uh, actually, uh, I was in uh, martial arts myself for about eight years. I took uh, a type of karate called uh, Weechiru. I'm not sure if you heard of it, but uh, yeah.
1: No, I'm no, not familiar with that one. Right on.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, w- uh, why did you decide to uh, get your uh, SFG? And uh, f- SFG, for people listening in, that's uh, the strong first uh, kettlebell certification.
1: You know, I've, like I said, I've, I've been, you know, tinkering around um, with weight training for now, for me, going on about 25, 26 years. And uh, Pavel was always someone that I really um, enjoyed reading. I, at one point in time, was looking to become a professional bodybuilder. And Pavel wrote a lot of articles for Muscle Media, and that was one of my, one of my favorite magazines. So I was always intrigued with his, with his approach. And the kettlebells were always intriguing but only on the periphery initially. And I have a long time client uh, who's a female. She's 60 years old. i uh, been training her for 10 years and she had two back surgeries and we completely rebuilt her back using kettlebells. Wow. And, and she's actually one of our SFG instructors. Now she got her certification and, uh, so uh, it, it's just really a testament to the system. Uh, so I said, you know, I don't want to just kind of sit on the, on the outskirts and, and looking in, but I want to actually become a little bit more immersed uh, firsthand in the system. So I decided to um, pursue the SFG certification, and it's actually been probably one of the three or four best things that I've ever done in my life. I've met great people um, and I'm, I'm having a great time doing it. We have now five instructors and it's it's just been good.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, Strong First is a great community. I uh, took the three-day course probably three years ago in uh, Vancouver, Canada, I was uh, unfortunate and uh, didn't pass. But yeah, it was a hell of a weekend.
1: It's, 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 it's still a great experience. I mean, and, and I think, you know, passing and, and failing is, is really all relative. Yeah. It's the process and, and you probably, you know, got so much out of have, having just been there. So uh, I, I encourage people to do it. And it's it's a good thing.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely, and I really like how you uh, helped uh, that client uh, with uh, her back. Um, I had the same thing with uh, a client of mine. She uh, had a uh, just had surgery on her hip, and uh, she was falling all over all over the place, and she couldn't even get on the. On the ground, and when I was uh, finished with her, uh, I was still training after the fact. But uh, like three months later, she could uh, get up and off the ground uh, because of the get-ups and all that stuff. It was just amazing. Uh,
1: it's it's an amazing it's an amazing system, and and I think what you learn to appreciate actually having gone through the weekend is that it's much more than just kettlebells. It's about the system of strength. It's, a, it's about how, how do we create strength? The bell simply being the modality or the tool that we use, but learning uh, about the principles of strength are, are really phenomenal.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure, I, exactly, I, I totally agree um how beneficial now do you think a kettlebells towards the first responder
1: you know um having been you know just on on this side of the looking glass both ways with the kettlebell and um having been a first responder i i think that it absolutely has a place um one of the biggest benefits primarily being just from a time standpoint um we know that you know law enforcement military uh, fire it's it's very time sensitive you know you're answering calls or you're doing other things and once once you understand the principles being able to apply a tool like the kettlebell in a very time efficient manner you know uh, you know, a five-minute kettlebell snatch test, or, or something like that. Um, you can definitely see the benefit and and how uh, how it could can fit. I think on the law enforcement side of the house, one of the things that I really enjoy about it, uh, also coming from the combatives look, is controlling a bell. Really gives you some awareness of what it will be like to attempt to control another human being um the bell wants to exert its own will and you have to understand how you position yourself when moving the bell so that the bell simply doesn't do what it wants to to you so i think there's the secondary added benefit that there's some carryover into some other skill um, domains as well
0: yeah um I uh, remember when I did the HKC, uh, the the instructor at the time, he told us basically the kettlebell is a cannon with a a cannonball with a a handle. And I totally agree.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, So in the... Sorry, to uh, back up a little bit about that uh, question, uh, how uh, does the kettlebell uh, help you with your uh, shooting practice?
1: Well, I, yeah, it's it's a great question. I uh, compete in the sport of USPSA and uh, three gun, and, you know, I've never really had a problem uh, controlling. Controlling weapons. Um, I'm a, I'm a fairly decent sized guy. So I've never really had a problem, uh, controlling weapons and in, in the, and the caliber that I shoot primarily is 40. And if anybody really knows anything about recoil impulse, uh, the 40 caliber has a pretty hard recoil impulse and, and I've never really had a problem shooting it. But once I really started working with the kettlebell and specifically, um, doing lots of one arm swinging and lots of Turkish get ups, um, I noticed a lot more control at the gun. So, my follow up shots are much faster simply because I can control the weapon so much more. So, what somebody experiences in recoil from a nine millimeter. I experienced it in a 40 or 45 simply because uh, I have so much more grip strength and forearm strength and shoulder stability from all of my kettlebell work. So it's a, it's a pretty neat carryover, you know, um, in that way.
0: Nice. So uh, what do you think the biggest challenges are for uh, police officers in regarding their fitness and how do you think, uh, uh, we could all change that.
1: You know, I think one of the the big, and, and this might not be the answer that a lot of people would think. I think one of the biggest hindrances to fitness in general in police work, law enforcement work, is sleep. Um, police officers work really a lot. Of, there are agencies that work really bizarre rotations in in terms of, of shift work you know when I started we worked eight hours a day yeah and and uh, we had a really odd rotation you know we spent two weeks on every shift and you kind of rotated backwards you worked nights and then you worked mids and then you worked days and we did that every two weeks so you know your your rhythm your your sleeping rhythm and clock was always off so I, I think that that's one of the the major fixes that probably needs to happen in law enforcement is education um, towards how sleep really affects uh, our performance and, and all of the other uh, facets of, of fitness. So, I mean, and, and it's well documented, but I think in law enforcement, you know, they're we're we're type A persons, so we believe that we're doing okay. On three or four hours of sleep a night. And the reality is, is is that we're not. And now we're working 10 hour shifts and 11 and a half hour shifts and 12 hour shifts. And, oh, and I still have to go to court and, oh, I still have this family that I have to deal with. So at some point, things like fitness, um, the actual practice of getting into the gym and training and doing those things, it kind of gets pushed to the side simply because I don't, I don't have, I don't have the time coupled with the fact that, you know, if I've been on the job any length of time and I have been in some situations where I have been successful, it's easy to build this false sense of I'm good enough. I'm okay the way that I am. Um, And I think that that can work until it doesn't work. Um, Unfortunately, when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work in a hurry, and then there are problems. So I think sleep, um, those kinds of things, nutrition are really important for first responders, and then sensible, time-managed training that focuses on what we really need for the job. So I think that that's important.
0: Yeah. That's a uh, bang on and you actually uh, tied in uh, my reasoning for uh, uh, kettlebells is uh, because when uh, I was a firefighter uh, a few years ago in the military, the last thing I wanted to do uh, after, after shift was uh, spend two to three hours in the gym working out. And now, what I know with kettlebells, you could do at least, uh, you could have a wicked workout in under uh, 20 minutes and you're completely done. And uh, sleep is huge, especially for uh, not just police, but I think for... Uh, uh, firefighters uh, too even though we have a, a bed and a pillow. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we don't we don't really sleep well, or no. I, I didn't sleep like uh, I was like okay uh, when is the alarm gonna come off because mm-hmm. there were a few times where I was in a dead sleep, and uh, the alarm was right above my head. And it scared the bejesus out of me when it went <laughs> off.
1: <laughs>
0: I must uh, I must have jumped like 10 feet in the bed. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sleeping through this again. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. So uh, I basically uh, stayed up during the night. And uh, that wasn't good for my body. But, yeah. No. Um. So... Uh, how has your training evolved uh, to before being a police officer uh, to now
1: you know um my this might be odd an odd saying my wife says to me you know she goes pigs don't know pigs stink right so <laughs> uh, so you know when i when i was training before i trained the best way that i knew knew how to train so i did a lot of I did a lot of powerlifting, um, did a lot of bodybuilding type work. And then it was always um, you know, very segmented um conditioning. So it was get on the treadmill, it was ride the bike, it was, it was doing a lot of those things. So for me, and because fitness was so important to me personally, as well as you know, I was in charge of conditioning for the police academy for me not going to the gym when I was a police officer simply wasn't an option. I would, I would actually sacrifice sleep to actually go to the gym. So, um, that's, that's just kind of how I thought about it. So to do an hour and a half or two hour sessions in the gym wasn't, wasn't odd for me. Um, as I'm older now and, and I've taken some dings and um, you know, have had some injuries and, and done some things. I really and running a business you you know you would think being retired, I would actually have more time. It seems like I have a lot less time. I'm more yeah. busy than I've ever been in my life. yeah And people think, ah oh, you work out all day because you own the gym and it's like, well no, I actually schedule my workout time like yeah. any other appointment and I have to be very efficient. you know 45, 50 minutes of training including, corrective stuff and, and warm-up and, and all of that stuff. So um, in that regard, I, I think that my training has got a lot um, smarter and I don't I don't chase everything all at once like I used to. So I try to really have specified times of the year when I'm really doing different things. So I, I compete in the TSC. I I enjoy doing that. So I may, you know, really get into a training piece to do well at the TSC or, or something like that. And then a lot of my work is how do I maintain function? I have young daughters and how, how do I maintain function as a 47 year old guy? And uh, so that I can go do the things that I like to do, like shoot and, and do those things. So I think I've gotten smarter as a, as a coach and as an athlete.
0: Nice. So uh, what are you uh, doing right now in regards to exercises? So currently right now, um, I hadn't been deadlifting
1: uh, for probably, I don't know, about eight months. So kind of right now, three days a week, um, I deadlift and I do a grinding type kettlebell complex. Right now it's... um, double kettlebell squats and carries on the on the days that I deadlift and then I have two to three days where I do swings and get-ups and that's pretty much my training for the week
0: nice um yeah I just started uh doing a deadlifting uh program myself too made it my goal to uh uh deadlift double my uh body weight so yeah
1: yeah, I got some uh, friends here and we're all looking to do the the TSC in April. So, you know, we're all kind of teasing and poking at each other about who's going to do what. So I'm kind of working in the background to get some things where they need to be so we can have some fun in April.
0: Right on. That's great. And uh, what's the TSC again for those that are listening in?
1: The Tactical Strength Challenge. It is um, strong first. Uh, kind of competition event it's done twice a year every six months one in the spring and one in the fall it is a one repetition max deadlift in three attempts it is a set of strict pull-ups so one max set of strict pull-ups as many as you can do in one attempt and then it's a five-minute kettlebell snatch test
0: nice nice so in the written interview, you uh, talked about a call that went sideways with, with your partner. Can you uh, discuss that a bit more, uh, if oh, you? Sure. Um,
1: uh, where where I worked, it was a kind of a it was kind of an interesting um, community. It was small in terms of community, but we had you know a very large demographic, and uh, one of the locations was um, was housing for um, people who you know were didn't have a lot of income so it was one of those kind of housing communities and uh, an strange father uh, had broken in and had taken uh, at the time it would have been a year old child uh, hostage and the, the mother uh, ran out of the house and the father was threatening to uh, do serious harm to the to the baby with uh, a knife and was using the child as a, as a mechanism to keep us out of the house, you know, threatening that if anybody came in the house, um, that he was going to harm the child, but he wasn't going to come out of the house. So at, at a certain point in time, um, the command on scene decided that we were going to make entry into the house. And I happened to be the, um, point guy going in the house to, uh, get the child from, the. The suspect.
0: Oh wow! Um, I'm not sure who told me this uh, statistic. It could be my wife uh, because she's a lawyer. But uh, the most uh, uh, bad, I would say, bad calls for you guys would be uh, domestics, right? And yeah,
1: dom- domestics are domestics are right up there, absolutely. But domestics and traffic stops tend to be. Uh, two of the most um, hazardous, dangerous t- things that we we do in law enforcement um, because you're dealing with people who are, in domestics, emotionally charged. And in traffic stops, we're dealing with people that we don't know, but there's an assumption that they're going to do what we ask them to do. So um, they make for pretty potentially volatile situations.
0: Yeah. Yikes, that's scary. um so um why do you think fitness is important for the first responder <laughs> um that's
1: a that's a really really good question and for me it it comes it, it comes down to preparedness um you know i think working in the fitness space we have we have our ideas of of fitness and because we're around it a lot and we, and we see it, we have some assumptions about what it means across the board. And and sometimes we apply it uh, to the first responder. And, and again, uh, this, this could be one of those sacred cows. Um, I, I think, you know, all of our jobs in first responding are, are hazardous. I think a fireman's job is probably more dangerous than a police officer's job. Um, you're going into burning buildings. You understand how fires work and what can potentially go wrong in fires. Uh, police officers' jobs are hazardous. We we deal with a lot of of unknowns, and you know when when we go from zero to 60. Um, it's generally, you know, it's, it's right now it's, it's the traffic stop that goes bad. It's the, Hey, there's this door is open on this building and, and we're going into search and there's somebody in there that knows they shouldn't be in there. And here we go. So I think fitness is important because we, we just don't know to what degree we'll have to go, how long we'll have to go. So having um, a level of preparedness, having a body that is capable in a wide variety or range of things that we know to be true of the job, I think are important. So um, that's why I think fitness is is important. Uh, Do I need to look like a bodybuilder? No. Do I need to have the strength of a power lifter? Maybe not. Should I have the endurance of a a marathoner? I don't know. But should I have, you know, decent armoring in terms of hypertrophy? Should I have decent strength? Should I have a cardiovascular system where I could run, you know, 400, 800 yards? Absolutely. So, for me, when I think about the first responder, it's about preparedness. What, what do we know is true of the job? And then how do we prepare for as much of that as we can?
0: Yeah, exactly. And you just said it yourself, uh, like any uh, first responder, they could go from zero to 60 in the blink of an eye.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So the last part of the podcast is going to be uh, no bull. So it's oh, <laughs> <laughs> a rapid fire questions. So just uh, one or two uh, word responses, okay? Okay. All right. Best purchase under one hundred dollars.
1: My Camelback.
0: Camelback, wicked. I gotta get me one of those. <laughs> um, favorite exercise.
1: The Turkish get up
0: love the turkish get up love it how uh how heavy can you go with it I have
1: done it with uh a hundred and thirty five pound bar
0: wow nice uh i'm uh currently uh Doing it with a 36, but I could do it with a 40, but I don't know what I could do after because that, that's my only, uh, that's my heaviest kettlebell. So that, That's
1: plenty, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, Beatles or Elvis? Beatles. Nice. Do you have a favorite song? Could be by anybody.
1: No, I, I don't have a favorite song by the Beatles. And, and the, reason, the reason I say Beatles is because I think in terms of musical influence, I know Elvis is, has got a great following. Uh, a lot of artists that I love and listen to listen to the Beatles. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of why I leaned on on the Beatles.
0: You're exactly. Right. Uh, who do you listen to?
1: It depends. My music taste is, is pretty eclectic. Uh, I like some country. I, I like hip hop. Nice. Um, I listen to a lot of Christian music. Um, I like opera. I like jazz. I'm pretty eclectic.
0: Nice. I'm a I'm a huge country music fan, but I basically listen to everything. Yep. Uh, so if you were on a uh, on a stranded island by yourself. Mm-hmm and you will allowed to uh bring one thing one exercise uh piece of equipment what would it be
1: it would be a 7 uh a 32 kilo kettlebell
0: nice and uh to add on to that uh if uh uh, you needed to bring a weapon to uh, hunt for your food, Would it be a gun or a bow.
1: It would be a bow.
0: Nice, because yeah, you can make uh, arrows out of it.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I right
0: know. Uh, any quotes you live by?
1: Um, I I actually have a, a Bible verse that's kind of kind of my my go to. Um, Verse. It's uh, Psalms 144 one one forty four one, and it says, "Blessed be the Lord my rock, who prepares my hands for war and my fingers for battle." And uh, that's kind of my my quote.
0: That's powerful. Yeah. So uh, we've reached the end of the podcast. If there's somebody that wants to uh, reach out to you, how can they contact you?
1: Um, our our gym. Um, our, our, gym is breakthrough strength and performance.com. So that's, you know, my, my gym website. Uh, I'm on Instagram at EthosOfStrength strength is, is where I do a lot of Instagram stuff.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. And, uh, is there any, uh, parting remarks you, you would like to say to the audience?
1: Um, You know, I I would say just, especially first responders, uh, you know, really, really keep it simple. I've learned over the course of my life that it's the the simple things that often yield very large results. Um, So keep keep it simple. I I think sometimes we don't do simply because we overcomplicate things. So if we can keep it simple, I, I think that we will find some success
0: great thank you so much thomas that's been a really really great interview thank you
1: thank you very much scott it's been a pleasure thank you
0: thanks and uh see you guys uh in a few weeks thanks everyone